Good morning and welcome back everybody. Happy Tuesday. Today, I'm going to teach you about how to win the war on words. Did you know that your words matter and they will determine whether or not you win battles in your life? Somebody type in the comments for me. I will win the war on words. I will win the war on words. And as people are jumping on, let me know in the comments where you're watching from. Good morning, Mercy. Good morning, jo- Good morning Jones, Eric, Roe, Caden, David. Good morning, Amber. When he rose up against Goliath, he was put in a situation that when he got down and saw that Goliath was taunting, the Bible says Goliath was taunting the armies of Israel. Goliath was mocking Israel's God, the God of the Bible, our God. But David knew the covenant that he had with God. So when he rolled up to bring lunch to his brothers and he saw Goliath mocking the armies of God, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He started to trash talk Goliath. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who taunts the armies of God? Meaning he has no covenant with God. Who does this giant think that he is? And Goliath said, surely this day the Lord will deliver your head into my hands. He said, the ravens will eat your flesh. So he began to win the war on words. He spoke his covenant that he had with God. And we know the story. He ran at Goliath. He took a slingshot and he started slinging stones at Goliath. And the power of God came behind that stone hit Goliath square between the eyes, knocked him out cold, and David went and chopped his head off and held it in front of everybody. When you win the war on words in life, God will anoint you to chop the head off of every Goliath that's in your path. Somebody type in the comments, I will chop Goliath's head off. And if you're under the age of 18, tell your parents, I apologize, but the Bible is graphic. Glory to God. If you haven't already, make sure you give this video a thumbs up. Share it with somebody that needs to know the power of their words. You will win spiritual battles and you will lose spiritual battles based on your words. Your words are a weapon that God has given you to operate how he operates. God spoke the universe into existence. My pastor says it this way. God spoke his word in order for it to be written and it was written in order to be spoken. You must win the war on words. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 18 in your Bible and stick around to the end because this is going to bless you today. You're going to learn something you've never learned today. Proverbs chapter 18 Verse 21, listen to this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Did you know that your tongue has the power to bring life and death into this realm? Blessing and cursing, it's found in the power of the tongue. The book of James says it's the tiniest member of your body. 
but it controls everything. Did you know that neurosurgeons actually did a test on the brain? And they said that when you poke different areas of the human brain, different parts of the body light up. When you poke a certain part of the brain, the left arm lights up. When you poke another part, the right leg lights up. But this neurosurgeon discovered that if you poke the area of the brain that is responsible for your speech, for your language, your whole body actually lights up. Did you know that your whole body reacts to the words that are spoken out of your mouth? Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Oh, this one's going to be good. I can feel it already. Keep liking this and keep sharing it with people. Let's get more people on today. We've only got 50 on as of right now. We got to get more on. Let's keep liking this, like this and share it with somebody that will share it with somebody else that will share it with somebody else. Let's share this live stream. This is going to bless people today. I already feel it right now. I feel it by the Holy Ghost. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Your words create your reality. Look at the next part. They that love it shall eat its fruits. Your love for the words that come out of your mouth. Remember, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes out of your heart determines whether you have a life full of death or a life full of abundant life and life more abundantly, which is the God kind of life, the life that Jesus brought and paid the price for us to carry. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. What that means is that resurrection power is in the words spoken, the word of God out of your mouth. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Thank you, Brooke, for sharing this. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He said, I will not be ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God saving everyone who believes. That means that there's such power in the spoken word of God, the spoken gospel, the preached gospel. God's word in your mouth has the same power that was in the event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died for you, when he took stripes on his back for your healing, when he was bruised for your iniquities and wounded for your transgressions, when he went to the cross for you, when he died on that cross for you, when he went into the lowest parts of the earth and he took back the keys of death and the grave and he rose up victorious over the devil and seated us together with him at the Father's right hand in heaven. All of the power that is in that event is the power that is in your tongue when you speak God's word over your life. I hope somebody gets this today. Good morning, Logan. Somebody type in the comments, resurrection power is in my tongue. Resurrection power. That's right, Thomas. The Bible says that the word of God, Hebrews 4.12, is sharper than any two-edged sword. 
It splits between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Ephesians 6 calls it the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God's word on your tongue is the same power as God's word in his tongue. When he spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light. That same power is in your tongue when you speak God's word over your life. Every dead situation in your life, God's word will resurrect it. The power of death and life are in your tongue. Any dead situation can be resurrected by the resurrection power of God's word in your mouth. My pastor says it this way. Your words will either limit you or they will launch you. Your words will limit you or they will launch you. Pastor Mark Hankins says that he was praying one day and he was studying how when David faced Goliath, that David didn't run at Goliath with his mouth shut and the Holy Ghost spoke to him. And he said, if you run at your giant with your mouth shut, you will lose by default. I'll say that again. If you run at your giant with your mouth shut, if you're not declaring God's word, if you're not speaking the word of God, if you're not declaring his covenant with you, if you're not using the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you will lose by default. Don't run at your giant with your mouth shut. You have what you say. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. Go with me there quickly. I'm going to read that and one more verse to you. And this is going to change your life. Mark 11. Verse 22 or 23. 22 and 23. Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, pay attention. So have faith in God. Truly whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Verse 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I like the King James Version. Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. One time the Holy Ghost spoke to Pastor Hankins, or Brother Hagen, I guess it was way back then, and said, notice, you have to focus on the saying part three times as much as the believing part. Jesus said, if you will say unto this mountain and believe in your heart, you shall have whatsoever you say. You must say to the mountain, for whatever you say is what you will have. 
It doesn't have, it doesn't say you will have what you believe. Jesus said, you will have whatever you say. Whoever says unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. You've got to focus on the saying part three times as much as the believing part. Many Christians believe the Bible, but they don't speak the Bible. They speak what they have instead of having what they say. I hope you get this today. You've got to win the war on words. Charles Capps once said that he was praying and the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, My people are always saying what they have. I have debt. I have sickness. I have depression. I have anxiety. I have suicidal thoughts. He said, but I told my people they can have what they say. They don't have to say what they have. They can have what they say. Somebody type in the comments, I will have what I say. I will have what I say. Many Christians are very good at the speaking part of faith when they're at church. But you get them at home, and they're at home, and it's like the saying part just goes out the window. They believe, well, I believe if I'm a tither and I'm a giver, that the windows of heaven will be open over my life. And I do believe God could pour out a blessing for me, but I don't know. I've been giving. I've been tithing. Shailene said, I'm gay. Thank you for announcing that. No one cares. I believe if you stick around, the Lord will deliver you. But many Christians will just... They'll just be speaking, 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 speaking. I, I do believe that the Bible says this and says that about tithing and giving. I do believe God could rebuke the devourer for my sake, but I've been tithing and I've been giving now for, uh, for two years and I, I haven't seen what everybody else has seen. That's their problem right there. Their confession is wrong. They're saying what they have instead of having what they say. When the devil tries to lie to you, don't get caught up in it. There was a time when the Lord spoke to me and I got revelation on Galatians chapter 6 where it says, Whatever a man sows, that also shall he reap. And then the Lord said, I want you to take $540 and send it to this specific minister. And at the time, I only had $600 in my bank account. I was like, Lord, there's no way that you could be telling me to do this right now. I thought it was a demon, but it was the Lord. He said, I want you to take $540 and I want you to send it to this minister. And for people that are jumping on right now, I'm teaching you how to win the war on words. Your life is a total sum of the words you've been speaking. So I took that $540 and I sent it to that minister. And every day for the next week, the devil would come to me from time to time and he'd start whispering in my ear. He'd say, oh, how are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to get your groceries? How are you going to pay your car insurance? You know, your phone bill's coming up real soon. 
how are you going to pay for this? How are you going to do that? And at the time I was down in Florida and I had to pay for my trip to get back from a minister's conference. And all I had was $60 in my bank account at that point because I gave it all to that minister. But every time that those lies would come, I would lift up the shield of faith. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 that the shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the devil. Not some of them, not most of them, every fiery dart of the devil. So if you'll lift up your voice, you'll believe and you'll speak God's word, you'll lift up the shield of faith, every fiery dart of the devil will be quenched in that shield. So I began to lift up my shield. And when I lifted up my shield, I began to speak God's word. I believe it and I'd speak it. I believe it and I'd speak it. I'd say, no devil, get out of here. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. My need for rent, my need for provision. If, if God can take care of the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, how much more does God take care of me? And I began to speak God's word. Get out of here, devil. And the Bible says when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. When you resist the devil with the shield of faith and you're believing and you're speaking and you're standing on the word, he will flee from you and you will have what you say instead of saying what you have. And a week later, another minister came up to me at that minister's conference, shook my hand and gave me $12,000. God took that $540 and turned it into $12,000 in a week. But if I would have succumbed to the lies of the devil, I would have canceled out my seed because death and life are in the power of your tongue. If I would have began to speak what the devil was speaking, it's speaking death over my seed. How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to take care of this? How am I going to pay for that? If I began speaking doubt and unbelief, I would have canceled out my seed, but I kept a spirit of faith. I kept my believing and my speaking and my standing on the word and it brought forth the harvest that God was trying to get to me. Did you know that God's breakthrough for your life is found in your words? Type this in the comments. My words determine my destiny. My words determine my destiny. God has a plan for your life, but your words got to align with what God says about you. If you're speaking other things other than what God says about you, then you'll have what you say. Instead, align your words with God's word and begin to declare what God says about you. And you will have what you say. I'm going to read one more story for you and then I'm going to pray for you. If you're getting something from this message, put a, uh, a hand clapping emoji in the comments for me. I believe this is going to change somebody's life today. Keep liking this live stream. Keep sharing it with people. Let's get the word out. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13 is the story of the 12 spies. These 12 spies were sent out by Moses to go and spy out the land that God had already promised to them. See, there's things that God has already promised you that your words will determine whether or not you possess. So God already guaranteed Moses. God already guaranteed Abraham. He already guaranteed his people 
This is a land I have sworn to you by your father Abraham. It is land I have already given to you. But listen to this. Verse 25. When they went and spied out the land, they brought back the report. Numbers 13 verse 25 says this. And they returned from searching the land for 40 days. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruits. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, and they're very large. And you can already hear the unbelief and the doubt. Oh, the people are strong. Oh, this is strong. My boss is mean. This is that. The kids at my school pick on me. They are already starting to preach and speak unbelief. Verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, they dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 30, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. Somebody type in the comments, I am well able. The other spies were speaking doubt and unbelief. But Caleb had a spirit of faith. And he said, I'm well able. If God be for me, who can be against me? God said, this is a land that has been set aside for us. We are well able to overcome it. Verse 31. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel an evil report of the land they had spied out. Did you know that when you speak anything contrary to the promises of God, God counts it as an evil report? When people are speaking their circumstances, it's an evil report of unbelief. But if instead you speak your circumstances, you'll speak God's word to change your circumstance. That's called faith. And listen to this. Let's keep reading. I want to show you a secret. Verse 33. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. So there were giants in the land as well. If you saw a 15-foot giant... Well, if they, if they felt like grasshoppers, they were probably like 40-foot giants. If you saw a 40-foot giant, you would be pretty terrified too. But we don't walk by sight. The Bible says we walk by faith. We believe God. Goliath was a giant. He was 12 feet tall. Or 9 feet tall. I can't remember. He was massive. And David was a little wimp at the time. But he took him down by the power of God. Go to Numbers 14. Verse 28, listen to this. When the people began to speak unbelief, it says that God heard their evil report. But he paid attention to Joshua and Caleb, who did not give in to the evil report. Numbers 14, 28, listen to this. Say to them, so this is God speaking to Moses to tell Moses what to say to the people. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord. What you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Whoo, if people knew that God was listening all the time. 
as you've said in my hearing, so I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and of all your number, listed in the census from twenty years old and upward, who have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land, which I swore to you that I would make you dwell, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Out of the twelve spies there were ten who had an evil report of unbelief, and they never got to walk into the promise that God had for them. But there were two that had a different spirit about them, the Bible says. Somebody type in the comments, I will be of the two. You don't want to be of the ten. You want to be of the two. Don't be of the party that speaks unbelief and doubt. Be of the two, Joshua and Caleb, that had a spirit of faith that said it doesn't matter how many giants are in the land, doesn't matter how many monsters, how many enemies, how many walls, how many armies, doesn't matter what's in the land. If God said I can have it, it's mine and I'm taking it. Be of the two and not of the ten. And so the rest of them, well here, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you this secret and then I'll pray for you. Out of the 12 spies, who got what they said? 10 brought an evil report. 2 brought a good report. The 10 said that they could not possess the land. The other 2 said that they could possess the land. Who got what they said? They all did. The ten that spoke unbelief and doubt, they got what they said. And they did not end up going into the promised land. The other two also got what they said. And they did walk into the promise that God had set aside for them. The power of life and death is in your tongue. If you will win the war on words, you will possess all that God has for you. You must hold fast to your confession. The Bible says Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. He watches what you say on a daily basis and he represents it before the Father God in heaven. And he is watching over his word to perform it. If you will take God's word and put it in your mouth and believe it and speak it, Jesus will make sure that it comes to pass by the Holy Ghost. Somebody type in the comments, I will have the promises of God. Your words will limit you or they will launch you. I've already made a decision. I'm going to use God's word to launch me. I will not speak unbelief. I will not speak doubt. I will not speak lack. I will not speak poverty. I will not speak sickness and disease and depression and anxiety. I will speak abundance. I will speak the anointing, the grace of God. I will speak God's word. I'll speak his power, his provision, his prosperity, his healing power. I will speak and believe God's promises. And I will have what Jesus paid the price for me to have. In Jesus' name. I believe somebody got something from this today. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to act on your faith. Remember, the Lord told me to take that $540 seed and to sow it into a minister. And then he watched over my words to see how I would speak. 
It's called a money test. Many people don't pass the money test. They don't tithe on a regular basis. They don't give over and above offerings on a regular basis. But if you will pass the money test, the Bible says that if you are faithful with unrighteous mammon, meaning money on the earth, you will be trusted with true riches. When God sees that you can be trusted with finances on the earth, he will give you true riches. But you got to pass the money test. I believe you're going to have what you say instead of saying what you have in Jesus' mighty name. I want to give you an opportunity to give today. The Bible says, whatever a person sows, that also shall they reap. And Luke 6.38 says that whatever you give, it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men will give liberally into your bosom. If you've been blessed by this live stream and you know that you received something from God today, I want to ask you to ask the Lord if he would have you give. What would represent a seed of honor today to the Lord? The vision with this ministry is we want to reach, we're not, it's not that we want to, we are reaching Generation Z with the Word of God and with revival. We've reached over 120 million people in just the past 90 days on different social media platforms. I was just looking at that number last night. It, it blows my mind. You know, many people had to pay millions of dollars to reach that number of people years before. And now we're able, not that it's free. I mean, we got probably, I'm not going to say how many thousands of dollars worth of stuff in this studio because I don't want somebody to come and rob me. But we've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of expensive equipment in this studio, praise God. But it's not a couple million dollars worth. We get to use the social media now as a platform that the Lord's blessed us with to be able to reach this generation with the gospel. So if you've been blessed, I want to give you an opportunity to give today. We also feed 1,500 kids every single month in other countries. And we have 11 other ministries that we partner with on a monthly basis financially. So when you plug your finances into the vision of this ministry, you're guaranteed to help us reach this generation with the gospel. And whatever you sow, you will reap. And God will make sure of it. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he would change his mind. Whatsoever a man sows, that is what he shall reap. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you, Lord. I want to give people an opportunity to give quickly. You can give through Cash App at dollar sign Revival Way. You can give through Venmo at Revival Way. You can give through PayPal at Revival Way. Thank you, Madeline, for your giving today. You're a blessing. You can also give through my website, RevivalWay.com, and you can click Partner Financially today and become a reoccurring giver. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, every person that gives today, I ask that you would increase them financially. Whatever they're believing for, I touch in agreement. 
Angels, cause the word to work. Ministering spirits, go and cause the money to come. Satan, take your hands off of their money. Take your hands off of our harvest. We command money to come now in Jesus' mighty name. And we worship you with our finances today, Lord. Thank you that it is you that gives us the power to generate and create wealth. We honor you and we seek first your kingdom today and all of its righteousness. Where our money is is where our heart is also in Jesus' name. And everybody that received it said, Amen and Amen. Well, I believe if you watched all the way to the end of this, you were blessed today. This is a message that will drastically change your life. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. And you will eat whatever you speak in life. Praise God. I believe you're going to speak the word. And God's word is working for you. In Jesus' name. I love you. Join me tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. sharp. I'm going to teach you Bible secrets about how to never be broke another day of your life. Praise God. And Thursday, important announcement, make sure you go and click the little notify me bell on my YouTube channel. Thursday, I'm launching my official testimony. I've never launched my official testimony before. It's a powerful one. What God has done in my life is a very, very powerful story. I might look put together now a little bit, <laughs> but it, things weren't always like this. And you'll get to hear my testimony when you go and listen to it on Thursday. Luke, thank you for your giving. Luke and Madeline today. Amber, you're always a faithful giver. Mercy's always a faithful giver. John Stafford's not on today, but I give him a shout out. He's always a faithful giver. I thank you everyone for your giving. It really means a lot. We're very thankful for you. But you want to make sure you watch my testimony on Thursday. It'll change your life. Otherwise, be blessed. I will see you tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. sharp. Adios.